Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Programming reminder that tonight we're going to have game five of the World Series on these airwaves. Our coverage begins at 7 o'clock, and uh, first pitch is just after 8. Series tied at two games apiece. Talking all things baseball with us now is our ESPN MLB insider, Buster Olney. Buster, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm still kind of recovering from the whiplash that we experienced in game three and four. Yeah. <laughs> it's complete opposite, different perspective. You know, maybe it was appropriate that we had Miles Teller, the star of Whiplash, at the ballpark the last two nights because that, uh, that certainly was what we experienced. You know, that is baseball for sure, right? You can have five home runs one day, and the next night you can get no hits. I mean, not every day you see a World Series no-hitter buster. It's been quite a long time. It was pretty impressive yesterday by Christian Javier and others. Yeah, and, you know, you, look, uh, throwing a, uh, a one pitcher throwing a no-hitter for nine innings is apples and oranges compared to what we saw last night where Christian Javier was dominant for six innings and three relievers followed. But the more that I thought about it and sort of what it all meant uh, and, and trying to put it in perspective, this is where I landed that from the first inning to the ninth inning, uh, one team's domination of another's lineup uh, was never uh, greater than what I saw yesterday. Uh, because, you know, as you know, in a lot of no-hitters, it always feels like they're one, two, or three moments when you're wondering, boy, will that ball get down? Or will that ball hit in the gap? you know, uh, be caught, and it'll be run down by an outfielder. An infielder will make a sterling play. Brady, there was none of that last night. Yeah. There wasn't a moment where, you know, it looked like the Phillies squared up a ball, put a ball in play. And, in fact, my colleague Sarah Lang, uh, you know, had a stat on a podcast that I do uh, this morning in which she mentioned that the expected batting average based on the contact uh, the you know the exit velocity, the trajectory of the ball leaving the bat, the expected batting average for the Phillies last night was 081. Uh, that is the lowest in baseball postseason history since they started tracking those sort of numbers. Um, so you know he actually has some numbers backing up what we saw, and that was a Phillies lineup which was so dominant the night before. You know five homers off Lance McCullers Jr. struggling to catch up to Christian Javier's fastball and then not able to do any damage against the three relievers who followed him. It was remarkable to see a lineup that good in their home park in the World Series dominated in that way. You know, if we're looking for a Red Sox connection to this World Series, it is Christian Vasquez. So I thought yeah. it was awesome yesterday that Vasquez was the catcher in the no-hitter. And, uh, you know, it... It hasn't gone the way I expected it would for Vasquez in Houston. I understand Martin Maldonado is an elite defender, and he knows that pitching staff well. So I'm not surprised that he is playing more than Vasquez, but I am surprised how little Vasquez has contributed since being acquired. So I thought it was a nice moment for him yesterday. Are you surprised that he hasn't played that much there? No, uh, I'm not, because I knew you know how much Dusty Baker values Maldonado, how much the Astros pitchers valued an established catcher. Uh, in fact, you know, mid-season, there were all these rumors that maybe the Astros would be involved in conversations with the Cubs about Wilson Contreras. And I know from talking to Dusty, like, that wasn't going to happen unless Contreras was brought in as a designated hitter because they just love Maldonado so much. And I give Vasquez a lot of credit in this. And you remember that that deal was consummated when the Red Sox were in Houston. Yeah. So when Vasquez uh, met with Dusty, Dusty actually told us the story yesterday 
you know, he said to him, he said, look, I get it. You're in this situation where you're about to become a free agent. It's a huge year for you. But Maldonado's, you know, he's very highly respected. He's our guy. So you're not going to play as much. And Dusty said that Christian could not have handled it better and was all in on the days that he played. He was all in on the days that he didn't play. He was completely supportive, and he clearly developed this great working relationship with Christian Javier, who sort of became, you know, his personal pitcher, so to speak. Uh, and, you know, I was excited for Christian, known him for a long time, you know, and I talked to him right after the game on the field last night, and, and I know how much he loves catching and, and how much he will appreciate uh, being the second catcher in the history of the World Series to catch a no-hitter, the first being Yogi Berra. Yeah. Uh, he's also a savvy veteran, so that when I asked him the question, okay, who has the momentum in this World Series now, the look on his face to me was like, hey, dork, there is no momentum <laughs> in this World Series. What are you kidding? Uh, you know, it's an even World Series. It's been a great World Series so far. Uh, and, and Vasquez, uh, you know, it was neat to see him have that moment. I do wonder, and Eduardo Perez was really pitching this on our broadcast last night. Uh, he, you know, in, in Eduardo's mind, he'd start Vasquez at DH because his bats were good last night. Yeah. And Dusty Baker's looking for one more hitter to, to round out that lineup. Maybe that'll be something we'll see in game five. Buster only ESPN MLB insider with us here on the Brady Farkas show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, luckily we're not in this position, but Thursday night football tonight is between Philly and Houston as well. Now that game is going to be in Houston, but I I am curious what would have happened if Thursday night football and the World Series were supposed to be in Philly, what what is protocol when something like that happens? And I don't know the, the proximity of the ballparks to each other. Maybe parking's not an issue. Maybe they're right next door. But I was wondering, what would have happened if both these events are supposed to happen at the same time? Yeah, basically the two stadiums are right next to each other. And it would have been mayhem. And we were talking about in our broadcast group, oh my God, if the Phillies win the World Series here on Thursday night, what is this place going to be like? And we were anticipating we might be waiting at the ballpark a long time to get out because we think that, you know, the crowds um, and, and, you know, you, you, you mentioned the extra potential complication of having a football there. Look, they, they would have had a million cops. They, they would have anticipated all kinds of stuff. And in some, I got to tell you, some part of me was a little bit relieved that this series uh, is going back to Houston because I can't imagine what the city's going to be, especially in an area around our downtown hotel that we're Mm. staying at, uh, you know, if the Phillies had clinched tonight, but that's not going to be the case. Instead, we're down to a best of three. Yeah, game five is coming up tonight just a little while from now on our airwaves, seven o'clock coverage, eight o'clock ish is the first pitch. You know, Buster, I, I don't like watching Lance McCullers pitch and I don't, mean that I don't think Lance McCullers is good. I think he's phenomenal. But I hate all the breaking balls. And you and Sarah Langs had the post out the other day that McCullers had thrown 109 pitches to left-handed batters in this postseason, had only thrown two fastballs. And Lance McCullers throws 95 miles an hour. He's not some soft tosser who's throwing 86. I don't understand why he's not trusted to throw his fastball. And for a guy who's missed all of 2019 with arm issues and most of 2022 with arm issues, I got to wonder if he's okay pitching this way. I don't know if he's mad, but I'm mad for him. (laughs) And I am curious about whether or not he'll change 
to some degree as we move forward. You know, as I was sort of processing what he did in game three, giving up all those home runs, I thought, um, you know, because everyone was talking about pitch dipping and he did something with his glove, his leg. I'm like, no, if the hitter knows that he's definitely going to throw off-speed stuff, you know, breaking balls, and they're all within the same range of like 82 to 89 miles an hour, uh, no pitch dipping is really needed yeah. to some degree, uh, especially as David Robertson pointed out to us conversation yesterday, and he was talking about the focus in the in the scouting and the postseason. He said it's completely different. It's totally different. Um, he became Lance McCullers Jr. in that context became almost like an offensive coordinator in football who was only running the ball. And when you're playing, you know, the worst team in the league or one of the worst teams in the league, that can you can do that if you have you know, an elite running back, if or if you're Lance McCullers, you, you have elite breaking stuff. But when you're in the postseason uh, and you're facing a great lineup like the Phillies have, you can't just be only running the ball. There has to be some variation. And I do wonder if we see Lance McCullers in the series again, if you see him throw more fastballs. But I got to tell you, I don't think we're going to see him again, based on what we saw last night. Let me get you out of here on a on a Red Sox topic. Here it became official the other day. Alex Spear, the Boston Globe, reported that Chris Sale is opting in, unsurprisingly, to his to the final years of his contract. It's two years guaranteed, at fifty plus million dollars. There's a third year vesting option, which he he could still hit, but you know, with the way things have gone, he likely won't. So it's two to possibly three years. Chris Sale's always said like. Oh, I wish I could do more. I feel bad not being there for the team. Well, you know, I don't want to hear that anymore. You had a chance to opt out. I understand the Players Association wouldn't like it. I understand that that your agent wouldn't like it, but you had a chance to help the team, and you didn't. Yeah, I, I, I mean, this is uh, one of those moments where uh, it, it really, it, it, at heart, comes down to a business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very rare that we've seen a player uh, – look at it as anything uh, other than a business um, in, in terms of when we get down to contracts, especially this size. And we'll tell you that the union does put pressure on players when it comes to maxing out their maximizing their value, uh, maxing out, you know, how much money they get. Uh, I've heard stories from players about, you know, contract negotiations and they thought they were going to sign something. And instead they get feedback from the union. No, you can't sign this contract. So Chris Dale, you know, does have an obligation to his peers mm-hmm. to handle it in a professional way. Um, but, you know, I, I, you and I expected the same outcome here, that, you know, someone who basically hasn't been available to the Red Sox for just about all this contract was going to go for the most money, and that's what he did. And I actually think that Chris Dale is being a good team guy, but I, do, I also think that going into next year, He's got something to prove to the organization because I think there are people within the organization not thrilled with him. Buster, get you out of here on uh, what's a prediction for tonight? What's a prediction for the rest of the series? Because when we speak next week, it's going to be the offseason. Have you not learned, like, my predictions so far this offseason are so bad, okay? (laughs) I had the Blue Jays winning the World Series before the year started. I had the Braves winning the World Series as the playoffs started. Uh, I had the Astros winning in six as the World Series started. but I would have bailed on that so fast after what we saw from the Phillies in game three. And then last night I was scurrying back to my Astros in six prediction. <laughs> I will say this tonight. I think there's more pressure on Justin Verlander than any player on the field yeah. because he's a future hall of famer. He's got a lot of legacy riding on the line. I suspect that based on what we saw from Christian Javier last night, 
that the Astros staff is going to tell him, look, just throw your fastball up and away, up and away, up and away, over and over and over again. And if it means you pitch four innings, if it means you go one time or two times through the lineup, so be it. But we gotta, we can't uh, throw breaking balls to this lineup because they just kill it. Verlander, 0-6 in his World Series career with an ERA of nearly 7, I believe. So yep. shocking for somebody exactly. who is uh, that good. Buster Olney, appreciate your uh, your time as always. Enjoy the game. We'll look forward to hearing you again in the pregame show here uh, on our station on DEV. Loved your interview yesterday with Rob Manfred. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Brady.